0: Tony is very lucky that his father is a better person than Olly. And
1: I think you, 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 you are an ostrich.
2: Next Tuesday, April Fool's Day is the biggest fool in Manchester, and that is you, David My
1: Football
3: heritage. <laughs> no one wants to be
2: a fullback as a kid. No one wants to grow up and be a Gary Neville.
3: But, unfortunately, crimes and wars will multiply. I love football.
0: It's Bola Boys pre-season part number two. It's Rahul hosting and joined by Kaiser and Vis. Hello, hello. Hi, guys. Today, we're going to be looking at Champions of England, Manchester City, and then future Rahul is going to be speaking to future Aslan about Chelsea. Um, lots to talk about there. Change in ownership, some interesting signings, some interesting outgoings. And then we're going to finish it. One of the other promoted teams... Nottingham Forest. So let's not waste any more time. Manchester City, reigning champions of England, came through clutch, final day of the season, to win the Premier League. However, has still fallen short in terms of European silverware, losing to Real Madrid, who were eventually the, unfortunately, the champions of Europe in the semi finals. So Pep looks like he's in a rampage based on the signings he's made so far. This, what do you think? So
2: let's just address the elephant in the room. Haaland, Haaland. And uh, I think it was more of, as soon as uh, City got knocked out, they are like, okay, you know, uh, let's just sign Haaland. And uh, let's just (laughs) sign everybody else. Just give me a credit card, you know. That's what it was. And I think um, the buzz has sort of died because... I think it's been quite some time Since City actually signed Haaland So instead of You know Everybody knows Haaland So instead of covering Things like Where he will play That, this, etc I just want to You know Turn the question around And ask you all um, How many goals Do you actually think He will score? Realistically
3: How many goals? Wow I think it could be In the region of Around 15 to 20 Probably would be my just guess. in the league. Yeah, that's this just in the league.
0: That's conservative. Yeah, that's Kaiser? just in the
3: league. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I think they'll sh- still be sharing the goals around. Uh, to be honest, and him coming into the Premier League, adjusting a bit. I mean, this is what, what this is I'm hoping. Uh, basically, <laughs> 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 trying to be uh, optimistic as. What a about Liverpool what
0: fan.
2: about you, Raúl? Uh,
0: I think it's diff. Yeah, it's difficult. Mm. I'm, I have no doubt he'll be good just because like he's Lukaku. done it. in... <laughs> He's done it in Austria. Os- like <laughs> <laughs> I hope Oh my god Can you imagine <laughs> Look who's like, gone <laughs> I would be so, I would be so happy I'll be so well, happy Can you imagine he, uh, that that happened? Happened? Oh, oh my god be so fast. I'll be so I'll be so happy But the thing is There's so many There's so many things That just go against that like, You know He's done it in Austria When he was with Salzburg And did it in the Champions League Playing for one of the smaller teams In the Champions League He's yeah. done it in Germany Which is normally, you know, what we would consider one of the better leagues in Europe. But the thing is, when you look at attacking talent that's come from Germany recently, so you're talking about Timo Werner. Mm. uh, (laughs) That's the (laughs) helping (laughs) as well. Um, You know, obviously that hasn't converted. Kai Havertz, I think, has done well. But, but he's done it for Norway as well so I think the, the age is there the team he's playing in is there I think you know you put a very average striker in a City team he's still going to score about 15 or 20 goals just from the sheer volume of chances, chances that he's he going to get you know? so when you right, yeah yeah, yeah, exactly so I mean I, I wouldn't be surprised I'd be, I, the only thing that I think may count against him would be his injury record he does pick up a few injuries here and there mm-hmm. but again with the squad City have there's no reason to overstretch him Pep knows how to manage injuries last season they were five substitutes he keeps banging on season. about how exactly he keeps yeah. banging on about how well he's going to do with the five subs yeah. so all these things I think count I'd be very 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 I'll be very surprised if he doesn't do well you know there's so many things that go for him um, but the interesting thing I was going to say actually is last season they were so in for
2: Kane yeah
0: and then obviously, they yeah, w- I, I, I don't get the. Yeah, no, you know de- because they why? Because His father is to play for City. <laughs> right? so that's so why apparently,
3: a City I legend now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, suddenly recently a know. legend. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I think it's, it's, it's quite evident now that we all are quite confident that he will do well. And uh, I expect him to score at least 25 goals, um, either Premier League uh, Golden Boot winner or maybe second. I really think he's going to smash it. And um, not only individual um, um, glory for him, but I think he would also positively impact his teammates around him. For example, players like KDB, they thrive regardless whether there's a in and out number nine or not. But you see KDB at his best when you know he's teeing up Agüero, and and KDB himself likes the fact that you know he is the playmaker. He loves to you know create assists and. I think he will benefit hugely. Um, at the same time, I think with Sterling leaving and uh, Haaland you know, um, joining City, now Foden, who used to play as a false nine last season, he actually started out as a winger the, the season before that. So I think now Foden will sort of shift back towards the you know left side or right side, depending on how they play. And yeah, Haaland, I think, is going to be the main guy. And yeah, I think it's just a very good signing for City, guys. Very good signing. Yeah,
0: and then on the other end, so obviously Haaland is someone who's almost definitely going to be starting. Their first 11, he'll be a number 9. They also got Kelvin Phillips. So they signed Kelvin Phillips from Leeds for about 50 million euros. Actually, sorry, 48
2: million euros was what they 48 million. Yeah, years. yeah. Sorry, I didn't do the... two millions difference. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. So, <laughs> it's okay. so sorry. Because so sorry. When I, you see, I realized when you guys did the stats, you all put everything in pounds, but mine was in euros because my transfer market... The <laughs> it's okay, well, out. you're sorry. based in uh, <laughs> Europe,
3: so <laughs> yeah. it makes sense. Trans- transfer market, <laughs> <Yeah>. transfer market. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> so, coming back to Calvin Phillips, he's, you know, English, so homegrown, he's got that going for him, but... Viz, it looks like this is not a signing for the first 11.
2: Yeah, I don't I, I, don't think it is. Um, Maybe not in the first season. We never know. He is younger than Rodri. And um, yeah, his direct competition would be Rodri. And I think Rodri has done phenomenal in that role. And it's not going to be easy to shake him out of that position. But for me, I personally rate Calvin Phillips as... Um, uh, uh, for me, he's a very good player. And I don't know if you guys remember earlier last season... Um, I mean the initial pods. Uh, I remember I was hopping on actually, you know, wanting to sign Calvin Phillips for United mm. as a CD Versus Declan Rice, I think, yeah, versus Declan, Rice. and I feel Calvin Phillips is a, is a, the profile of a player who's going to f- sit in very well with City. Yeah, he'll do very well. No doubts. No doubts about that.
0: Um, yeah, so I mean, it's obvious that City are at the point now that they are not just buying for their first eleven, but it looks like they could almost feel a second eleven that will do pretty well in the Premier League and the Champions League. So you look at signings like yeah, Julian Alvarez...
2: That, sorry, yeah. yeah, Sorry, go on, go on.
0: Uh, so you look at signings like Julian Alvarez who they signed from River Plate. Another centre forward so they've gone from zero recognised number nines to signing two very highly rated youngsters. Julian Alvarez comes from River Plate in Argentina scoring... 53 goals, 13 assists. I think... (laughs) (laughs) Mitrovic-esque. Better than Mitrovic. Uh, And I remember, I think one game just before he made the move, he scored five in a single game. So obviously, they're looking at not only now, but these are strikers for the next sort of five, six, seven, ten years. Um, And then on the opposite side of the field, they've signed Stefan Ortega Moreno, who has replaced... Stefan, I can't remember Stefan's first name. Is it Jack Stefan? I can't remember. But he's gone off to Middlesbrough. Um, yeah. this, it looks like this guy is a goalkeeper built in the city sort of moles, very similar to Edison.
2: Yeah, yeah, very similar to Edison. Um, he passes exactly like Edison. His long range passing is so good, it's really, really good. And um, yeah, fun fact he has the most passes by a goalkeeper in the Europe's top five big leagues. And um, in the Bundesliga Where he's from uh, He saved 73% Of the shots that he's faced So he's good He's known for his Reactionary saves as well You know And he prevented something like uh, 5.4 xG Some almost 6 goals uh, For his team And um, I think he's a very good Signing for City And if you What City fans say is When you see him play Like if you see his highlights And all You sort of know Okay now I get why You know Pep signed him Because he's that sort of player
3: Can't wait to see him In the League Cup (laughs) I was just going to say, can't wait to see him demonstrate (laughs) all this on the bench.
0: (laughs) 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 So, so Kaiser, then we look on the other side of things. The transfers out have been very interesting as well. Three players who, over the last few seasons, have definitely played roles. You know, some more than others. But you look at Sterling, Gabriel Jesus, Zinchenko, all departing. Zinchenko, I think, is on the way. Almost confirmed. Fabrizio Romano has given the here we go, but... Uh, it's not officially been confirmed, um, but let's talk about Sterling. So obviously, Sterling, I think m- when he when he initially made the move to City from Liverpool, one of the hu- you know biggest youth prospects at the time, I think has star- started off the City career very well. I think two co- consecutive seasons with forty over goals and assists, but the last few seasons have been a bit disappointing. Uh, you know, not, not only in terms of his goal returns, which are still good but not as good as they were. Yeah. But also in a minute, he's been contributing to the City team. You know. So how do you think his, his departure is going to change the way they play? Or what do you think this leaves the City squad looking like? Yeah, I think...
2: I d- oh, sorry, guys. That was for ahead. me, right? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, I thought it was for me.
3: <laughs> so it's okay. Uh, no, I think there's no doubt that what he's achieved at uh, City is very admirable and... I think the stats show for itself. 131 goals and 94 assists in 339 games. Uh, But like you said, I think he's had quite an inconsistent spell in City. And I think, yes, these are good numbers. But when you see what City has achieved as a team um, and kind of style of play that they play and also being the top two team in England the past few years, you expect a lot more contribution from Sterling. Especially they didn't have a... uh, Proper number nine um, For some of those seasons You expect Sterling To sort of take that mantle You know And not um, It being spread around So much uh, In the team So I think you will see Overall uh, Sterling's um, Tenure at City As definitely A successful tenure But uh, I don't know if he Reached the levels That he was expected to
2: Yeah it was I For me Sterling is This is a tough one Because I, s- I wouldn't say I disagree completely with Kaiser. I think he's he's had a phenomenal career at City. And I think the move that, you know, from Liverpool to City, I think he's proven it many times over. And he sort of peaked in 2019, that Centurion season. And then ever since then, it's sort of been downhill I would say. And like you said, Rahul, uh, just to recap, you know, the minutes were, you know, getting lesser and lesser. And his his role in his team, and and it wasn't as significant. Anymore, you know, we can we clearly could see that last season when he didn't start against Madrid uh, in the semi-finals, both legs he didn't start. So I think that sort sh- of uh, you know shows the whole picture. But coming back to, I think he's he's that that type of player who was almost there but just not there. You know, he could have I think he could have you know gone to like stardom level, like elite level, but he just sort of you know didn't reach that level. Yeah.
0: I think, so he's obviously moved, sorry, we didn't mention, but he's obviously moved to Chelsea uh, for about 45 million pounds. And I think, th- what, coming back to what you said, Viz is very, I mean, it sounds stupid to say that, oh, he's been disappointed. Obviously, he has not. He's been fantastic for City and also very fantastic for England. So, the, you euros world cup oh my god i can't even remember now but the pre- yeah. yeah yeah he's a proper at the, starter at, the, at the for euros England. he was like pro- under yeah. him and harry maguire <laughs> were the, you know the two <laughs> yeah. two best players of the tournament so you know obviously <coughs> undeniably yeah. there's a talent there but where he's seen as a player within the premier league within football i think would be interesting to see how he fares in chelsea now cuz i think it could go either way where similar where we say Oh, he was good, but he was playing in a very good team, and that's why he had the numbers he had. Mm. Or he goes on to yeah. be one of the best ever English players. Do you see what I mean? And I think that that's why this yeah, Chelsea, yeah. this Chelsea move would be very interesting. But let's bring it back to City. So yeah. the other departures is Gabriel Jesus. He leaves for I think similar sort of fee, so forty-five million pounds to Arsenal and Zinchenko. So Arteta is getting the old gang back together.
2: Um, both of those, uh, Vis, in the context of Arsenal, how do you think they're going to do? I think uh, it's been very good signings only because, um, no, not just only because, because Arteta has worked with these players for a few years and he knows them in and out and he knows how to apply them, you know, into his team. And Jesus already hit the ground running and I think he's loving life at Arsenal. And um, so this is that uh, he's scored a goal or assist every 22.5 minutes in the preseason. S- season let s- That's start know.
0: straight from Arsenal Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all in the bios. So I think
2: yeah, very good good moves. Overall, good moves for um for Arsenal and good business for City.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Sinjenko, I I I to be honest, I haven't been reading from Arsenal point of view. So obviously predominantly he's been playing on the left at the back yeah, for left-man. City, yeah. but obviously yeah. for Ukraine he plays in the middle. So That's true. Obviously Kieran Tierney currently plays that position for Arsenal. Mm. Yeah. He's got injury yeah. problems There's some doubts there But he's a fantastic player When he's fit Do you think this sort of Solves both problems So he can play in the midfield When he needs to But obviously If Tierney needs some minutes off Then he can fit in there as well
3: Yeah I think It's an interest, interesting signing Also because Tavares Did really well last season So I think he's more than A capable uh, Backup uh, Apparently they Tien. hate him though You know Tavares
0: like, Who's they? Like us Like I, I'm pretty sure they're looking To get rid of yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was surprised by that. Yeah, because he sucks.
3: Some a, great ana- al- al- analysis there. <laughs> I don't think, I, I think Arteta was a fan, so... Ah, okay. Interesting. Okay, then that would make a lot of sense if uh, they were to get rid of uh, Tavares and challenge Tierney. Um, but yeah, playing in the centre-mid, yeah, I don't know, they have some... I mean, they definitely bolstered their centre-mid options. Uh, last year, Lokonga and stuff, who had a decent season. So it'll be interesting to see if he... Uh, plays there because jacquard as well is a uh, left-footed centre mid so I don't know if they see something there
0: oh yeah true and I think he prefers Zinchenko prefers to play there Um yeah and I think just to I mean again on what you were saying Viz, Jesus is exactly the type of striker I think they were crying out for also yesterday yesterday they played um, Lacazette <laughs> and then Katia there but neither of them really fit the role that Ateta was trying to have for that number nine
2: I think Jesus is He's someone who exactly fits it. So that's going to be really interesting. Uh, Jesus is a signing they should have done as soon as they shipped Abba Mayang. Mm. That's what I feel. Mm. And he's finally here. And he's finally there. Jesus is here.
0: So yeah, without making it the Arsenal segment, which will come in the next episode, (laughs) (laughs) City look uh, very well primed for the season upcoming. So let's break. And uh, this is where the Chelsea segment will be. We'll see you guys after. Enjoy. Lovely. So we are on the other side with Mr. Aslan Zabiri. How are we, Aslan? I'm good, bro. Thanks for having me, man. It's an honor. It's an, it's an honor indeed. So, well, It's an honor to have you on. So Aslan has been very supportive of the pod from the beginning. Me and him go back almost, what, we're talking about 10, 12 years Too now? Too far,
1: man. Too far, man. Let's not, more than let's that. not give away our itch. More than yeah, that. Yeah, it's more than that. Know?
0: It shows two things.
1: But yeah, so I mean, we, we, we went to school <laughs> together. A lot of,
0: uh, at that time, Liverpool weren't at their best, and Chelsea, as they have been for the past sort of 10, 15 years, were very decent. So most of the time, it was. And I was there uh, for you, man. I
1: gave you a lot of support. He was. He was indeed. <laughs> I still remember I told but you to stick
0: remember, to it. I still remember the. Um, I couldn't tell you. I'm pretty sure it was a league game when Raul Morales scored. Like, from outside the box and we won I think 1-0 or 2-0 I can't remember now but that was a good day I remember I was watching it in the big TV room do you remember that? Yes yes uh, gave me a few flashbacks that one a yeah. few flash. that was yeah that was that was. Uh, I think one of very few wins Um, but Azan so thanks so much for coming on obviously you know not my pleasure why I brought you on is to get the Chelsea perspective a lot to, to go through in the next sort of 10-15 minutes so let's let's try to see where we we get to. So let's start sort of chronologically. We'll start at looking back at last season. So last sure. season represents um Thomas Tuchel's first full season, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. This was coming yep. off the back of the Champions League win in the 2020-2021 right. season where you guys beat Man yep. City. So mm-hmm. coming through the season a lot of Optimism, a lot of positivity. I mean, it's hard to say whether Chelsea fans had this opinion, but the widest sort of opinion was that Chelsea are going to challenge for the league title. They're going to be very strong. How do you see, you know, how do you look back at the season now that we're a year on?
1: Yeah, spot on, man. I think honestly, at the start of the season, generally, Chelsea fans were very optimistic heading into the season. I mean, we came into the season as European champions. I think we felt like over 90 minutes. We could take on anyone, especially after what we did to to City in the final. Yep. And we started strong. I mean we won the Super Cup, we won the Club World Cup, but by sort of late February, early March, our season was virtually over. I um, it 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 started with the Yeah. It it started with uh I guess the loss of Chilwell and James to injury. That brought us back down to earth a little bit. Uh we also had to deal with the Lukaku drama, which wasn't great. Uh we're glad he's out the door even though even though it's just a loan. Uh thirdly was also the looming change in ownership which I guess we'll get to uh a bit later, but it definitely destabilized the team a little bit. It's difficult to say how much of these three factors maybe masked how bad our squad depth was. I think I think we're a worse squad on the pitch than we are on paper, if that makes sense. Call it cohesion, call it chemistry, I think we just stopped gelling at one point. It it honestly it wasn't easy watching Chelsea, um, those last few months. It was it was a very it, they were just very labored performances. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I say all of this right, and it all sounds terrible. But if you look at the summary of the season, it really it's doesn't sound good. that bad. Yeah, we were up for six trophies, right? Six yeah. competitions. We won two club world cup and super cup. Like I mentioned earlier. We made two finals in the League Cup and the FA Cup. We were away third in the league. And we lost to eventual Champions Real Madrid in the quarterfinal of the Champions League. It's not exactly a terrible season. <laughs> but I, still, I still believe we can beat anyone over 90 minutes. Well, that's
0: the thing. So I think expectations play a big role in defining a season, right? So you went into the season with such high expectations that like falling short of it and Falling short of those expectations were winning one of the big two, right? Winning the Premier League or the Champions League,
3: which is huge,
0: right? That doesn't mean... I mean, it's a bit harsh to say, oh, it's not a good season unless you win... Exactly. ...both those two trophies, do you know what I mean? So, I think looking back at it, to make two domestic cup finals, to win the Super Cup and the Club World Cup is fantastic. But I think where was disappointing is that Thomas Tuchel's reign started so promising... And mm-hmm. then not only was, as you said, the performances on the pitch sort of lacking for a number of reasons, injuries, things like that. Then the Roman thing happened. So let's talk about yep. that happening. So obviously, you sure. know, these kind of things in world football, you never really, you can't predict, right? These are these are things that have, yeah, have, have no implication, <laughs> yeah, exactly, <on laughs> actual football <laughs> on the pitch. But you have to deal with it when it happens. So I think, yeah, you know, without going into too much detail about why it happened, it happened, right? Yeah. And now Todd Bowley's come in. He's uh, you know, <laughs> bought the club for a, a fair chunk of change. Yeah. What are the differences you envision from the early days so far in how the club is going to look moving forward compared to arguably the most successful period in this club's history under Roman?
1: Yeah, I think firstly, it's not a Chelsea fan's favourite position to publicly praise Roman given the connection to um Putin and the war in Ukraine it's not easy or even right uh, to separate the two but what i will say is without roman chelsea would not be where it is today and for that as a chelsea fan i owe him a debt of gratitude he's given thousands if not millions of people some of the best memories that they will ever have it's difficult for any chelsea fan with any semblance of a heart to just discard that um but as you say, and now moving on to thought, Roman's time, although it was successful, it wasn't without its gaffes. We had our Torres, we've had our drink waters, our Bakayokos, our Choresmas, our manichas of the world. Our transfer dealings could be described as patchy like, at best. Yolukakus.
3: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> our treatment of managers is even worse than that, right? I mean, this is the same club that just unceremoniously got rid of Carlo Ancelotti not six months after winning us a double I can say that Chelsea fans will not miss these features of the Roman era and uh, look for you as a Liverpool fan you of all people will be familiar with the the, uh, American ownership model you know the sports franchise model Uh, I think Liverpool after a couple of years of maybe some doubts over how the club was run can sort of proudly look at the entire project that John Henry put in place the academy, the stadium, the transfer dealings, and I think you can kind of already call it a massive success. So it's not easy for me to admit this 100%, but I yeah. I I hope Todd brings that kind of model and success to Chelsea. You know, responsible spending, uh trust in the manager, a long-term vision both on and off the field. And I think after what john henry has done at liverpool there's an air of cautious optimism about todd if anything as as an executive chairman what he's done in the last few weeks or couple of months whatever it is he's made the previous board look like a bunch of part-timers this guy is actually turning up to you know negotiations with barcelona and all that in person i mean you used to never see that
0: I I think that's great on the surface and as a visual that's fine but yeah. I mean to be frank about it what, what does he know about football you know should he be the person turning up in you know Roman is very good at sort of pulling his hands up in the air and be like I'm going to bankroll all this but I'm going to get the best people possible Marina being one yeah. of them to handle the rest of it
1: do sure. you see
0: what I mean there's a bit there's a bit of a yeah. lack of a phrase Americanism about it do you know what I mean
1: yeah, I yeah I get where you're coming from. Well, I mean, Todd is not exactly a... This isn't his first sports uh, franchise ownership. He, he had um, the Dodgers, or he has the Dodgers, which he's been very successful with, not just in terms of running the club, but also in terms of uh, the cohesion between the club and the community around it. And I think that was one of the strong points of... Uh, the Todd Bowley and Clear Lake Capital ticket um, when he was coming in to buy the club. Um, so I don't really think it's something that Chelsea fans are worried about just yet. And I think it's difficult for us to judge so early on. Um, so far, so good, lah, based on what he's been doing and the players that he's brought in, the things that he's done. And 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 at the risk of answering one of your later questions early, you know, I think Chelsea fans at this point in time are just thinking, you know, let's let's see how this preseason goes. Let's see how this first season goes, and and we'll kind of take it from there. And I think that's, I mean, that's a very reasonable way to to look at things. So I mean, let's look at the
0: transfers, which uh, we all love and live for. Uh, we, yeah. I, I know, I know we've I put ins first and outs after, yeah. but I think the best way to look at the ins is in the context of the outs, right? So let's start sure. at the back. Antonio Rüdiger, massive personality. You know, you're probably, I would say, your best centre-back. Uh, Thiago Silva, again, with his injuries and his minutes in mm. question, I would say, in my opinion, as an external person, Antonio Rüdiger was a big part of that back three. He leaves on a free to Real Madrid. Andres Christensen, who has featured, again, injuries are a massive part there. Younger, he goes to Barcelona yeah. on a free as well. There's a big gap there, yeah. right? There's a big yeah. gap there. And then, then obviously, yeah. you bring in... Fulibali, fantastic probably mm. one of the best center backs in the world yeah the only two question marks being again is this a short term you know short term solution to yes correct mm. and will it be enough over a 40 50 60 game season um mm. what do you think you've come up positive or negative on this whole exchange
1: yeah i mean I- i'm going to miss rudy man he 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 was a character in the dressing room and, you know to an extent, I'm, I'm kind of proud of him for making it to Real. I've got no hard feelings of him leaving. I just wish we could have made some money from the move. Um, but, you know, the, the contract negotiations with him were just dragging way too long and starting, I think, to take a toll on on, on him uh, and his performances. I mean, he, he was asking for about 200000 um a week, um, which is a lot. Um, but as you said, he was... Uh, by performance, Keolick who's uh, who's
0: highest earner last season? Let's not talk about this season. I mean the new signings. Who was uh, highest uh, earner? Do you know? Uh, probably. Be I'm struggling probably to think of. was nah, it, it would uh, have been Lukaku by yeah, far.
1: Yeah, yeah. he was probably on a three hundred something thousand contract. Yeah, fine. Sorry, I interrupted you. something then. close to that. No worries. No worries, man. So, so two hundred thousand is a lot to ask for 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 um. Our situation at the time I mean We had quite a bloated Wage budget at the time um, And I think that's one of the reasons Why we couldn't offer him The contract We only managed to um, Save maybe 50,000 of that In signing um, Khalidu kulibali from, from sort of the The figures that have Been made public Andres Andreas Christensen Andreas broke my heart man I I loved him From the time he was In Morgan Gladbach On loan I fell in love With this guy's passing I I I really wish He'd have stayed on But to be honest The EPL Never really suited him And because of that He never got to reach His heights With us I mean he's gonna He's gonna fly He's gonna fly in La Liga Probably as understudy To Piquet If not partnering him He He will fly yeah, I mean we'll we'll be seeing his his picture all over the um, freaking you know FIFA Ultimate Team inform cards. You know, but, uh, I I really wish he stayed on, uh, especially yeah. as an academy product. His one hurt a little bit more than than, yeah. than uh, Rüdiger, so as 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 you quite quite rightly mentioned, what this left was a huge gaping hole in our defense. Right, we're basically standing on one leg at this point, so. Todd inherited a team in dire need of elite defensive reinforcements. Elite being the key word here. So signing uh, Kulibali is one of the best players that he could have gotten, to be honest. Um, given the the circumstances of the window, I've personally wanted this move for years. Uh, yeah, again, as I say, this this signing is he's a def- he's definitely a defender in the mould of Rudiger. It remains to be seen if he's able to adapt, of course, but I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be able to. As you said, I, I think he's been one of the best centre-backs in Serie A for the last five, six seasons, if, if not in European football. And, um, you know, another thing that we are getting with Koulibaly is um, we've been lacking a lot of leadership of late. And Koulibaly is a uh, Senegal captain uh and he won afcon recently yeah so i think one, that's yeah. that's an element of been there done that with this guy and i think he's he's ready to come to europe to uh to the premier league to you know kind of really show his worth uh. yeah
0: and i mean um, napoli is not an easy place to apply your trade as well the fact yeah that exactly deal with the, you know it's very passionate sort of fan base and you know I think the fact that he did so well there is lo- so loved by them there in Italy. Italian football is no joke, especially for a personal of yeah, African yeah. heritage and stuff. Is no exactly, joke. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so to be so revered by them, I think says a lot about him. Uh, yeah. But then you're, you're also look, linked with Jules Condé. So is that the long term sort of plan to have Condé and Koulibaly next to each other, or?
1: So it's it's strange, right? Because I think that there is a bit of a question mark over how we intend to play next season. Um, I'm expecting to see some change looking at the players that we have at the moment and the players that we're linked with. Um, There are rumours that Sukul wants to revert to his 4-2-3-1 that he played with um, in PSG. But it remains to be seen. I mean, the two friendlies we've played so far were still playing this 3-4-3. And it will take some time if you do want to make the switch, right? So even if you're thinking about what Conte did when he swapped us to 343 back in 2016-2017, it, it may have seemed quite immediate, but even then Conte was on the job for about six months, probably drilling the system into them. Yeah. So well, it's they, going yeah, to I take mean, some time. Even the league time winning
0: now. season in twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen, you only started to show form towards the sort of October, November, December time, right? The earliest part of yeah. the season wasn't great when you're playing four no, and a half. No, it back. wasn't.
1: Yeah. yeah it I wasn't. mean,
0: so I think on the other side of the pitch, a big signing, which again, I, I don't know how it'll fit in or what the plan is, but you bring in Raheem Sterling, 47 and a half mm. million from City, which is annoying because mm. you are giving the biggest rivals 50 million for a player they don't even use. But, you know...
1: we They're your rivals, another. man. I don't know if they're <laughs> our rivals at this point in time.
0: <laughs> but so I and, and the fact that you let Lukaku go. So Lukaku joined last season, hundred million euros. You let him, him yeah, go back to Inter it. for a seven million pound loan fee. Loan fee, yeah. So we, we've gone a we've gone full circle where we didn't have a number nine. Yeah. We bought a number nine, and this was supposed to be the number nine. It's not yeah, worked it out. Was. So we've dumped the number nine, brought in another like, sort of wide slash false 10. nine player. <laughs> So what's the plan yeah. gonna be? Is it gonna be um, Harvard as the the sort of recognised false nine, and then we've got all these op- options in terms of Pulisic, Ziyech, uh, Werner, Sterling around him, or what? What do you? What is Tuchel's plan with all this?
1: Yeah, uh, regarding Lukaku, I got nothing to say about the guy. Like I want him out of my club, but Raheem Sterling. I mean, you're familiar with Raheem being being a Liverpool fan. I think it's fair to say. He's always been good, but he's never exactly been great. Agreed. As a player, agreed. But so many yeah. people disagree with
0: you. You know that, especially.
1: No, I, I I get where they're coming from as well. But I think his price tag, you know, forty seven and a half mil, kind of underlines that. He he he's looking to be the main man now, and at twenty seven, I think he feels now is the time to push for that. So for yeah. Chelsea's sake, I hope he can make that step up. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and. You know, as I was saying with uh, Kulibali just now, I think both, both Rahim and Khalidu, you can see that there's an element of pedigree leadership that yeah, they've brought 100%. into the club. Having done it, right, we, at the top level. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what what I was was going to say just now, I just wanted to make sure I had the right list here, was we used to be a club full of captains. You know, at one point you had yeah. Terry, Drogba, Balak, Cech, Ivanovic, Mikel, and that's just starting eleven, And these guys are all national team captains. Yeah. More or less. It's something that we've been missing since Terry retired. To be honest, all due respect to Aspiliqueter for the job he've done. Um, so I think we're happy to see these guys come in and set the tone uh, a little bit, as because we have a young squad, you know, mm. a, a lot of promise. But I think they're missing a little bit of this a leadership. I link. mean, regarding regarding Werner Pulisic and and Ziyech, definitely, it, it, it's rumored that Ziyech is um
0: is on, on the way, way out. out to Milan. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um so Raheem Sterling is a very clear upgrade on on Ziyech. Um, Definitely. I I I would have wanted Ziyech to work out but you know I think in the 3-4-3 it just doesn't really make sense. Um I think Raheem is a lot more direct um than him. I I also think Raheem is a lot more direct Pulisic. So you know the from from that point of view as I say if Tuchel wants to play this four-two-three-one, with sort of Mount, um, Pulisic of Werner, and uh, Sterling behind Havertz. Um, it would probably end up being a very fluid sort of four-two-four formation. Um, but again, it really remains to be seen, and and I I don't want to say too much because I don't think, I I don't think even Tuchel, kind of no. has decided at, at this point. <laughs> yeah. You know what, what exactly yeah. he wants to do with the with the tools that he's been given, right? Yeah, it's not exactly, a, it's it's not exactly a, an easy problem to solve, um, because, as you say, as you said earlier, we thought that we were missing a number nine, so we brought in a number nine. And then we ended up, you know, not having enough people creating for him, or not giving him the service he needed or the service he wanted, and. That problem stems from having this 3-4-3 formation. Mm. It, it's not supposed to work with a very static number 9 up front. Yep. You need a guy like Havertz, who isn't really a number 9 to begin with. His no. you know, false 9 center for is a uh, you know, left forward, whatever you want to call it. So remains to be seen like, dude i I really don't want to like even begin to guess what we're gonna be playing next season in terms of formation or in terms of approach I, I think it's it's a it's a question of who we are able to bring in between now and the start of the season. It's a question of what sucker believes is best um best suits his players brilliant aslan it's been an absolute
0: pleasure. 20 minutes have flown by. We could go on for probably another hour if we wanted to. We could, but man. We, we could we'll start keep, talking about we, Liverpool. <laughs> we can, or don't get me started. But we'll keep it for the rest of the season. So I'm sure this will be, won't be will be the last time we have you on. Before I let you go, league prediction, Chelsea.
1: Oh, Anything third. Anything less than third undisputed would be a third. Spurs not a threat, mm, you yeah. think? There, I mean... It'd be interesting to see how long Conte can keep up before it with this intensity, yeah. yeah, before it implodes. Because Jose didn't even last, what was it, six, seven months before things started sounding like it was imploding. Yeah, they they skipped the sec they skipped the first season. They went straight to the second season implosion with Jose. So it remains to be seen, la. I I, I I'm a Chelsea fan, so the way I see it is it's Spurs. I wouldn't yeah. I will would, would never see them as a threat. <laughs> Even yeah. if they are a threat, I would never admit it. Um Arsenal Arsenal seem to be uh you know persistently in transition, just yeah. never able to come out of transition. So uh, we'll see how long Arteta's project um, will be given its chance to to go, and if it doesn't, then you know we'll see another manager coming to try his hand at, at the job. Uh, I can't think of any other teams that will kind of come close um, to Chelsea or or to Liverpool and City for that matter. Um, I I see sort of maybe a repeat of last season where there's there's first and second and it's very close, and then you have third, which and then a big gap. Hopefully, we don't have to worry about people behind us. And then there's a gap, you know, to 4th and 5th and 6th. And and between 4th and 10th, I guess, will be very close uh, this season. So third. By far third. There you go. You hear it. Thanks again, Aslan. Cheers, Raul. Thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: The second of the promotion teams who actually finished in the playoff spot, Nottingham Forest, is where we're going to wrap up this episode
3: with Kaiser. Tell us their story. How did they get here? Yeah, it's quite an amazing one, actually. So, first of all, they haven't been in the Premier League for 23 years, which is I an mean, amazingly long time. And I think Nottingham Forest, they were one of the big teams right in the past who went on to uh, be in Champions League. European and Cup, exactly. Mate, bigger <laughs> than, uh, yeah, bro. Bigger than Arsenal. Yeah, uh, exactly. Team actually. Uh, and City. And <laughs> So that in context of itself is amazing. But in the context of just last season as well, uh, the fact that they made um, promotion is pretty much a miracle because in the first eight games, they lost six of them. And they were bottom of the table. And the manager at that time, Chris Hewton, if you guys remember, um, he got sacked. And so his replacement uh, was Steve Cooper. uh, After that, who is on the right trajectory at that time so he was ex z manager uh, in his first season at Swansea took them to the playoffs um, and then the second season uh, they went into the playoff finals and lost to Brentford who eventually went up and then he left uh, Swansea and then uh, after Chris Houston got sacked um, they uh, managed to um, sign Steve Cooper I mean, his background. Apart from that, he's just very well known for working, improving young players uh, at Swansea, and also had a lot of um, um, decent uh, success at the youth teams at the FA. Uh, but yeah, ever since then, ever since his appointment, that's where everything changed for Nottingham Forest. They suddenly they suddenly started winning games, um, and ended up in the playoff spot, uh, fourth spot, um, where they beat uh, Huddersfield in the uh, playoff final. So. Uh, it was a very emotional playoff final. I think Nottingham Forest fans, you can imagine, uh, just from the season they had—from being bottom of the table to getting promoted to the championship—it was a—it was an amazing journey.
0: I remember watching the championship final and um, definitely supporting Nottingham Forest because I—I was so tired of having the same teams come up every yeah. year. And Huddersfield has just been up recently, right? Yeah. Um, so that's good. I mean, I'm, I, and the other thing, I remember reading somewhere in Nottingham Forest fans saying if Steve Cooper had been there since the from the beginning of the season, they probably would have had a very good shot at the automatic places. Yeah. So first two normally get automatic promotion from the championship. So very exciting stuff and I think they've brought in some very exciting players as well. And I say that for two reasons. The first being a lot of them I've never heard of. <laughs> so they, come, they come from abroad so I automatically assume they're good. But also the ones that I have heard of are pretty good and have been tested at Premier League level, Kaiser. So, the first one being Dean Henderson. Um, and yeah. what are your thoughts on the whole goalkeeper saga there?
3: Yeah, so I think one of the key players last season was that goalkeeper, but it wasn't Henderson. It was Bryce Samba, who um, really was a stalwart at the back and kept a lot of clean sheets. Uh, but he's gone on to uh, Lens in France. And so they brought in Dean Henderson, who, who is really Premier League proven. Uh, so, I think that's a great signing for them. Uh, it's on loan, however. Um, so yeah, they, got, they finished the third best uh, sorry, second best defense uh, in the league as well. So definitely the goalkeeper played a huge important part. Uh, and talking about that defense, they signed four defenders uh, in the summer. Uh, one being in January, which was Steve Cook, which helped them play a big part uh, in the promotion but the other four yeah um riches nyakate Biancone, <laughs> all um uh, quite unknown names but they also signed nico williams uh from liverpool uh at right back uh, and so yeah i think um because they play five at the back this was a, um definitely rec- needed uh recruitment because um um they're going to be having a lot tougher season in the premier league
0: yeah nico williams surprisingly he was at loan at Fulham from January And he had a really good season there So I'm surprised They didn't come in for him And mm. he's gone to North Forest yeah. uh, Vis, I just want to ask you Actually, Henderson So obviously, this is what His second lone move In three seasons I thought last season He would have had a shot at the Gea's shirt Number one for Man United So where's the yeah. long-term plan From a United point of view For Henderson, actually?
2: I I really don't know Where he's going with Henderson Only because I thought This season With Tana coming I thought um Henderson is definitely a better ball playing keeper compared to Diah I mean and I sort of thought that maybe you know Henderson's finally going to you know make a make his stand here but yeah he's sort of been loaned out once again you know and even last season he contested but then when he did suddenly Diah became damn good you know like although inconsistent but here and there so yeah I really don't know what the plan is for Henderson if you if you honestly ask
0: yeah but it seems like a good move for both him and Knott's Forest, Premier League proven, had a great season in Chef United two seasons ago or three seasons ago. I can't yeah. remember now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in terms of other incomings, Kaiser, they've signed Taiwo Aoni. The only reason I'm very familiar with him is because he used to play for Liverpool, yeah. but had a very good season last season in Germany.
3: Yeah, so he played for Union Berlin and scored 15 goals uh, for them in the league. Um, so he comes in at a club record fee, actually, which is 17 and a half, uh, million million. Um, and hoping to challenge or partner, uh, the top scorer uh, last season, which is one of their key players uh, for Nottingham Forest, Brendan Johnson. He's only 21, um, and so he's their secret weapon, and they really needed to go up to the Premier League to make sure to keep hold of him, and they have. Um, So really excited to um, watch him, because he was last season's uh, Young Player of the Year as well in the Championship. Um, So yeah, really exciting uh, front line shaping up.
0: Yeah, I've heard from a Liverpool point of view that they talk about him as one that they maybe should have kept on for a longer period of time. So, if that's anything to go by, obviously there's some quality there. And I think he's one for fantasy as well. He's like six or 6.5 million. Yeah, it'll
3: be interesting to see him and Harry Wilson, uh, all these ex Liverpool forwards that uh, would just never have seen the time of day because of our quality of forwards.
0: Yeah, definitely. And in terms of outs, anything of note?
3: Yeah, definitely, actually. Uh, I mean, Spence, Jed Spence, as we mentioned in the Spurs uh, segment, uh, was at Nottingham Forest on loan, um, but went back to Borough, who sold him to um, Spurs. Um, so he was one of their key players as well, who played had an amazing season at right wing back. And another key player is James Garner, centre mid, who also finished the loan uh, from Man United. Uh, I don't know if he's... Um, a big hot prospect Or has a future In a United visible. What's the what's the view From that side
2: uh, I, I rate uh, James Garner I think he's a Very very good player I mean United fans were Shouting for Garner Last season Whenever we oh, wow. saw McTominay <laughs> play You know We'd, we'd be like Yeah, Garner. Every time Garner Has a game or Because Cup he was Canada doing So well in Nottingham or, Forest right, like, players, yeah, right Yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. exactly And I think he played A very key role yeah. In uh, Nottingham Forest so that yeah, they'd have to definitely replace him. But funny thing is, ever since Ghana came back, um, he's not been featured in the preseason so much. So the two that I thought would feature a lot are Hannibal mm-hmm. and uh, Ghana. But it looks like it's been Savage and uh, Zidane Iqbal, who's been you know uh, taking the spotlight basically. So I really don't know what do you the think he is do you think Ghana. he'll go back again? his preseason
0: to North Forest. Any any talk of oh, that? Sorry,
2: uh no no no. Definitely not. He's definitely going to, you know, try and make a claim here before he makes a decision. Oh, so he's that yeah. good, uh, okay But yeah, he's one for the future. So we yeah, might see there. him in some yeah, of the
3: sub-appearances, good, yeah. you think, given that you have five, you think so? Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, also because, you know, Ten Hag, he likes to push for youth as well. So I think we'll definitely see him. Lah. Maybe not in the league, but in yes. the other competitions. I
0: mean, he's no sure. Dylan Levitt,
2: but yeah, he's quite good, I
3: guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, fine. So, Kaiser. Opening fixtures, neither here nor there. Uh, Spurs in the fourth game, but then before that, they got Newcastle, West Ham, Everton. Let's just get, again, relegation, no
3: relegation. What do you think? Yeah, I think relegation. (laughs) I I think they're prime for relegation. I think as much as the beautiful story we had last season... Um, I think it's going to be a very, very tough season. Bro,
2: the way they made it into the league. <laughs> is wow. play, so I think. <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah, I think, think.
3: Yeah, they're quite gung ho in know, terms yeah, of their tactics. League so league. they attack at every opportunity. And we know. Um, yeah, that can work in a championship. But if you translate it in the Premier League, then you might get eaten alive. So. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, but I mean, I, yeah relegation looks good. I like, literally yeah. have
0: seen them once or twice, rather. I saw them in the semi finals of the playoffs and in the finals. So I can't really give a good opinion on that i mean nico williams is a good player um but again judd spence was the he's replacing judd spence so it's not really a
2: a like for like there yeah. but like logically right because they're a more defensive team and then they play on the counter do you think they out of the others who got promoted would stand a higher chance of staying in the league you think who or knows bro I tried to play this game last season and I <laughs> I, I, I
0: lost <laughs> heavily so, <You're> right. <laughs> so I know we were debating
3: Norwich and Watford right? and then Brentford would go down probably or something like that So, but well, Brentford did come up through the playoffs right? yeah, so yeah, it'll be interesting
0: like yeah yeah be fine so I think that's a good place to wrap up that's pre-season pod number 2 done final one will be out on the week leading up to the season start And I think we've got Arsenal, Liverpool and Bournemouth there. So if you guys are waiting for those few teams, it's coming. Don't worry. As always, thanks so much. It's been the Bowler Boys.